This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Bless all of you. I welcome you. If you need a Bible, once you get your hand up, we would like to get the Word of God in your hand so you can see it. So get your hand up. I'm going to switch up a little bit here. Ashley, this may help you. I'm going to start in the book of John, chapter number 20. So we'll begin in John 20. As you're getting a Bible and turning there, just some things off the communion elements this morning that according to 1 Peter 1, we were not redeemed or repurchased or ransomed with corruptible things like silver and gold, but we were redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And so you find out in this world when things become very rare, the more valuable they are. And it's like the blood of Jesus. It's extremely rare. There's only one blood of the lamb. And if you were to go back and look in the Old Testament, they would offer the animals, specifically the lambs, over and over and over again because that, the offerings weren't good enough for one time. But when Jesus came, he became the ultimate lamb. That his blood was, was good once and for all. And so, again, as we partook of the communion elements this morning, don't ever take that lightly. Actually, I know people who take uh, the communion elements weekly, some even daily in their own home. And so it's very important that we learn to come under the blood of Jesus. And you may ask, how do we come under the blood of Jesus? Well, how'd you give your heart to Jesus? How'd you get born again? You believed with your, your heart and you confessed with your mouth. Something happens when I begin to speak the blood of Jesus over my life. Something happens when we begin to live underneath the blood of the Lamb. So I encourage you to do that. Actually, it goes a little bit with what we talked about last week. This week, we're going to get on forgiveness. And I believe the song is very appropriate. And and I do believe this with all my heart that when we talk about us walking in forgiveness, it's not an easy subject, okay? But again, the goal of this is to help us get set free. So we begin in the book of John, chapter 20, verse number 21. The Lord Jesus talking here, and he said to them again. He's talking to his disciples, and he says to them again. Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. Now that word sent there means to commission, to set apart. To equip or dispatch one with the full backing and authority of the sender. So not only did Jesus send them and say, I send you out into the world. He said, I'm sending you out with authority. I'm giving you my name. And it's to accomplish my will here on earth. Verse 22. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, when we see this part right here. The Old Testament begins with the breath of God. And the New Testament, or the church of our Lord and Savior right here, it begins with the breath of Jesus also. And when you see here, he said, I breathe on you, receive the Holy Spirit. I believe the Lord was saying right here, to fulfill the things I've called you to do and to be here on the earth, you're going to need the Holy Spirit. I still believe in the infilling of the Holy Spirit. The Bible's very clear that the Holy Spirit will help you. According to Romans 8, 14, it says that those who are the sons and the daughters will be led by the Spirit of God. 
Romans 8, 16 says, The Spirit of God Himself will bear witness with your spirit. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, The Spirit of God will empower you to fulfill some of the things that God desires for each one of us. So right here, Jesus is commissioning the disciples, but actually He's commissioning me and you. Verse 23. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. Now it's interesting right here, he uses the words if. If you forgive the sins of any, they're forgiven. So that word if there, it tells me it's going to be a choice. Jesus will not make you do this. But he highly recommends it. Now when I read verse 23... I have a thought here. The reason he said to be filled with the Holy Spirit in verse 22 is he's saying to to walk out forgiving other people, you're really going to need the Holy Spirit. Because to walk in forgiveness, it goes against everything within us. It goes against everything that our society says. What does our society say when it comes to forgiveness? Our society says, if they wrong you, wrong them. If they hit you, hit them back. Get them before they get you. Get even at all expenses. But that's not what Jesus says. Jesus said, if you forgive them, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. So when I read this, forgiveness is not based on whether the other person repents or tells me I'm sorry. See, oftentimes that's the way we've viewed it. We've looked and said, well, you know what? This person wronged me in that area. And if he'll tell me I'm sorry, then I'll gladly forgive him. But the great uh, illustration or example that is given to us is Jesus himself in Luke 24. He's on the cross being crucified for never doing wrong. And he says to Father God, Father... Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Now I look at that and I think it's amazing what he just exampled to me and you. A man who'd never done anything wrong, but yet he willingly said, Father God, forgive them. I release them. And if you'll note on there, when Jesus was on the cross, he didn't say, I'll forgive them if they'll tell me I'm sorry. He just point blank said, and he made a choice of his will and said, I forgive you. I forgive them. Father God, will you forgive them? The last part of verse 23. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now, as I read this, the message really began to help me. It says there, if you don't forgive, what are you going to do with them? So the word right here, retained, literally means you keep them. You hold fast to them. So if I retain or I keep or I hold fast the sins that are against me, this still means they're in operation. And if they're in operation, they have a legal right to begin to affect me. So ultimately what begins to happen here is if I hang on to these sins, something begins to happen on the inside of me that's not good. Actually, when you look at what the Lord Jesus says, without forgiveness, freedom is impossible. It's not going to happen. 
And so is it easy? No, it's not easy to walk in forgiveness. But there's a word there that I want to highlight again. He said the word retain. Again, the word retain means to commit or to keep it. The other side of that is a word called remit. The word remit means to release them, to let it go. So in this world, me and you are there going to be retainers. We keep it and we hold it. Or we're going to be remitters and we release it and we let it go. Now, last week we were in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verses 25 to 32. In that passage, the Apostle Paul, he lists seven conducts that are very important for, for believers, for Christians. I didn't get to it, but in verse 32, he specifically talks about forgiveness. It says this, forgiving one another. And it not only says for us to forgive one another, it tells us how. And he goes on to say, even as God in Christ forgave you. So think about this just a second. How did Christ forgive you? Jesus never came before me and said, listen, buddy. If you'll tell me I'm, uh, you're sorry and da-da-da, I'll forgive you. know, Jesus forgives us freely. And so he becomes me and you's example. So in those seven conducts that Paul lists, one of the greatest ones that I've got to get a hold of is the area of forgiveness. Now, I want you to go to the book of Matthew, chapter 18. Matthew 18. And as you're turning there, is forgiveness, is it buried in the basement of your heart? See, you know what? We can be cool on the outside. We can act like we got it all together, but yet on the inside, we're, we're bound with unforgiveness. And when, when we have unforgiveness... It's an area that we, we become in danger because we, we literally are trying to make someone else responsible for our behaviors or our problems. And when I begin to do that, it's as if I have an invisible umbilical cord that, that constantly feeds my todays with memories of yesterday. And every one of us will have to battle this. See, it's very easy. And, and, and again... When it comes to unforgiveness, we're not denying that something's happened to us. We're not saying that they all just act like that didn't occur. It happened. But if I hang on to what people have done to me, it literally is a poison that rots me from the inside out. So when I forgive people, it's as if that poison is getting out of me. Not easy, because if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Okay, so we begin here in Matthew 18, verse 21. Then Peter came to Jesus and he said, Lord. Now Peter, he, he acknowledges Jesus as Lord. And it's if he's looking at him and said, Lord Jesus, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Now the Amplified says for forgive him. It says, how often shall I let him go? Up to seven times. So Peter right here. He's trying to impress Jesus. And he's trying to explain what he believes would be a great amount of forgiveness. And he says, seven times. And again, Peter's thinking he's real spiritual here. Verse 22. But Jesus said to Peter, Jesus looks at Peter, and he says, Peter, I do not say to you up to seven times, 
but up to 70 times 7. Now here, I, I would like to see the astonishment on Peter's face. Peter's w- looking at him and thinking, is he serious? Does he really mean this? But when Jesus says this to Peter, he's not saying this in a legalistic way or a mathematical formula. See, he wasn't saying, Peter, walk around with your clipboard and every time someone wrongs you, you mark it. All right, Roxanne, that's 22, that's 23. No, that's not what he was saying. I believe Jesus was literally telling Peter, you've got to make forgiveness a a daily part of your wardrobe. In other words, you're going to have to choose to put on forgiveness every day of your life. You're going to have to make it a daily discipline. Now, again, we have people in our own lives that irritate us. We have ones that have hurt us and wounded us. But even on the way home today, there's a good opportunity you're going to be offended. Just get on the loop and it'll happen. If you don't believe me, I pray you have to go to Walmart today. So again, it's very easy in this world to become offended. That's our natural flow, is to become offended. Now, in the next upcoming verses here, Jesus is going to give us great insight. And I will tell you this, put on your your spiritual seatbelt and have ears to hear this, okay? Because this gets real good and interesting. Verse 23, therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle an account with his servants. To settle the accounts with them, this shows me right here immediately that they owed him something. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. That's a lot. Uh, Different translations have different meanings. One says it's $10 million. So just to help us a little bit, this one owed him millions. Plural. He owed him a bunch. Verse 25. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and his children, all that he had, and the payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master, that servant, was moved with compassion. He released him. Remember, we talked about releasing. He released him. He let him go. He canceled. He erased all his, uh, his, his debt. And how did he do that? And he forgave him his debt. So this shows me right here the mercy and the kindness of God. When it comes to our mistakes, our sin. Verse 28. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Now one translation says the hundred denarii was equivalent to twenty dollars. We could probably say just to help us, 
that let's just say it was a thousand. So this guy who had been forgiven of ten million, he chooses not to forgive this guy who owes twenty bucks. And so you have one right here where you begin to see he, he owes a, a huge amount and the other, it's really insignificant. So this is where we put ourselves in the passage of Scripture right here. If your sins were counted, what would you be? Would you be the million dollar man? I would, okay. I've got millions of sin, I know that. Or would you be the one that had sinned very little? See, the truth of the matter here is, again, they both owed. But you would think the one who owed the ten million, he would be extremely grateful, and he would be extremely generous, because I've been forgiven of much, and Jesus has said before, that he who's forgiven of much loves much. But in this situation, it's really interesting. So he goes on to say, so in verse 29, so his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, have patience with me and I will pay you all. But he would not, but he went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he'd called him, said to him, You wicked servant. The Lord says to him, you're a wicked servant. Why? I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. You got a short memory, pal. Verse 33. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had passion or pity on you? And so when we begin to read this right here, we must understand this. True love and unforgiveness, they don't coexist. True love is that of forgiveness. And this is the point the Lord makes. Now this is where it's going to get real interesting, okay? Verse number 34. And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers. Until he should pay all that was due in him. So if he's been delivered to the torturers, what are the torturers going to do? They're going to torture him. And when you study this out, the torturers are literally the devils. They're literally the demons. And so he says right here, because your unforgiveness, you are going to put yourself in prison. And so when you begin to look at this, it literally begins to take a toll on our physical body. It takes a toll on our emotions. And it takes a toll on our mind. Not always, okay? Listen real close to what I'm saying. Not always. But oftentimes, the reason that we have physical problems in our bodies is because of unforgiveness. Almost all areas of cancer are directly related to bitterness, which starts with unforgiveness. I didn't say all, okay, guys? 
But if I have symptoms in my body over and over and over, one of the great checkups would be, do I have unforgiveness in my body? How many of you have ever been tortured in your mind where something just replays and replays and replays? I've had that happen. You know what it was because of? Unforgiveness in my heart. So again, the words that Jesus are saying right here, it reads the same for me as it does for you. But the Lord said right here, because you chose to not forgive, He releases us to the torturers. This is the power, the binding power of unforgiveness. Now you may not say amen today, woohoo, but understand, only the truth sets us free. None of us in this room are exempt from unforgiveness. Now, I've told this story for many years. This happened to me probably a minimum of 10 years ago. There's a woman in our church who has a tumor the size of a volleyball in her stomach. She's up here at Covenant. The sixth floor on the east wing. You remember that, huh? I said, oh, I remember it vividly. She makes a call to the church and says, Hey, I'm wanting to know if pastor can come up today and pray for me that I'll be healed. So I said, absolutely, man. I'll, I'll be there da 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 time. So I come in here before I go and I start praying. And just as, as clear as I would be speaking to you guys up front, I hear the Lord say this in my heart. He said, don't go up there and pray for her. He said, I've told her and told her about unforgiveness in her heart. And until she forgives, I will not heal her. Now, you know what that tells me right there? Part of the junk that was going on in her physical body was a result of unforgiveness. So I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what do I do? I told her I was going to come up here. So I go up, and man, I'm, I'm walking through the hospital, and I get on the elevator and all of a sudden, I don't know if you've ever had this happen, but I can sense at times when the Lord's authority goes to a whole other level. And it was almost like he was in the elevator and he said, I told you, don't pray for her. So I'm thinking, oh my gosh. So what do we do? Do we walk in and pray a courtesy prayer? You know what a courtesy prayer is? The Lord bless you. I know this isn't going to work, but I'm just going to be spiritual. Well, you know what? That type of prayer doesn't do anybody any good, okay? So I'm telling you guys, this is the truth on this. I'm freaked, and I'm freaked. I'm thinking, oh, God, what do I do? She's expecting me, and God's telling me this. And so I walk in, and she said, Pastor, I'm so glad to see you. I want you to pray for me. Anoint me with oil. And I pause just like this, and I'm looking and thinking, oh, Holy Spirit, I need you. And so all of a sudden... Just this goodness of God came out of me. And I looked at her and I said, the Lord told me not to pray for you because he's not going to heal you unless. And I said, he told me what's going on. I said, you have unforgiveness in your heart and he's dealt with you for years. But because you won't forgive, he can't move. And I'm telling you, it was like a volcano. It spewed out of her and she said, I'll never forgive him. I'll go to my grave before I'll forgive him. And I sat there and looked almost in astonishment. I'm the messenger boy. I told you what the Lord said. I wash my hands of you. 
It's in your court now. And it played out. When it ultimately played out, God, it wasn't a good end of the story. So again, right here, the Lord says here, I'll turn him over to the torturers until he pays all that was due to him. Well, you know what the bottom line is? He can never repay it. None of us in this room could ever repay our sins. That's where the blood of Jesus comes in. But watch this in verse 35. So my heavenly Father also will do to you, so my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Did you get that? What will our heavenly Father do to us? He's warning us right here. He will ultimately, because of unforgiveness in our heart, He will turn us over to the torturers. This isn't a pleasant thought, is it? But again, He said, if you'll forgive them from your heart. So understand, when I give them from the heart, it's not the Lord like the Lord saying, listen, from now on, you got to go on a cruise with this person that hates you. That's not what He was saying. You got to go on on a picnic with them. You got to take them out to eat. No, that's not what he was saying. He said, You forgive them from your heart. See, it's a good thing to forgive people from my heart. I'm looking at my clock because I got places I need to go. The, the Lord's Prayer is the end of, uh, in Matthew chapter 6. It starts in verse 9. It says this. Now, I'm, I'm going to wrap this for you real quick. Our, our, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done right here on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses and forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For that is the kingdom, the glory, and the power forever. Amen. Why would you read that that fast? Well, I got to get you to where I, I wanted to go. Right after the Lord's Prayer... In Matthew chapter 6, when he says all that, he comes into verse number 14. This is Matthew 6, verse 14. Now listen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Verse 15. But, oh my gosh, there's a but in there. But... If you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. So literally he's saying, you control the Father's ability to forgive you by how you forgive other people. Whoo, that's powerful right there. There's no way to get around this, okay? There's no shortcuts. I either obey it or I don't obey it. And so when we read this right here, I got to let it go. How do we let it go? Turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter number 6. Luke, chapter number 6. So we begin to see right here, the Lord sets the standard, the bar real high. But he's going to tell us some things to do. Some areas how to walk this out. Luke chapter 6, verse 27. But I say to you who hear. I can look out here today. Everyone of you got ears. 
But not only is to hear it, I must heed it and make it a practice. Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. And when I read that verse, I say, you've got to be kidding. I am to love my enemies and do good to those who hate me. Do you know anybody in your life right now that hates you? <laughs> I do. I've had people say not long ago, I hate your guts. And you'd say, Pastor, they said that to you? And I said, yeah, they did. I told one of them the truth and they didn't like it. I hate your guts. And I was like, it's going to happen in this thing called life. But look at verse number 28. Bless those who curse you. Now that word bless there has to do with our speech or our words. It literally means to speak well. So when God himself blesses men, he grants them favor and he confers happiness upon them. That's exactly what the word bless means. So he says, bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. So when we bless them and we pray for them, both of those have to do with my mouth. So this is how this verse plays out in my own life. And I've said this to the Lord. I said, Lord, I don't want to do this. The only reason I'm doing this is because you told me I have to. So it starts out like this. When I start invoking a blessing on someone, I say, Father God, bless them. Help them. Truthfully. Because you know what my mouth would rather be saying? Whack them at the kneecaps. Get them, God, get them. Send those big angels. Make their life miserable. So what am I telling you? I'm telling you this right here. That when I start out blessing those who curse me. And praying for those who spitefully use me. It is literally an act of faith. But when I begin to act on what the word of God says. Something begins to happen. So as I do this over a period of time. I begin to sense a shift in my heart. Where it's no longer out of grudge. And I, I begin to realize. Father God, I bless them out of my heart. I ask you to save them. I ask you to fill their day with joy. Actually, Lord, I ask you to double bless them for everything that I'm asking. Give them double. Now again, I step out on the word of God. And I begin to walk that out. I'm telling you, the more you do it the more you'll begin to sense a release from your heart. The Word of God has power. There in Hebrews 4.12 it says the Word of God is alive and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. But I must act on the Word. Again, you're not going to have this great feeling. This is how we do it. It's not going to happen. You're not going to get all these Holy Ghost chill bubbles. Whoa! It's going to be a grind to start with. But as long as I keep obeying the word of God, something happens. So listen, the biblical mandate to forgiveness, if you hold unforgiveness in your heart, is number one. I go before God and I say, Father God, 
I repent today for holding unforgiveness. Number two. Father God, I forgive that person. I release that person from the prison of my judgment. Do you know the only one that's, that's ordered to judge is God? So anytime we put on judgment on other people, if I was to judge Anthony, you know what I've done? I've taken God's place in there. I'm only God is the judge. So again, I release them from the prison of my judgment, and it would be say, Father God, I, I forgive Billy Bob for what he did. I forgive him. Again, you don't have to do that, but you're either going to release them or you're going to retain it. And when I release it to God and say, Father God, I forgive them, that means that I've given it over to God. God says vengeance is His, so I turn it over to God. That means also that it's not your job or my job to help God decide what needs to be done to Him. God. I release it and let it go. And at times, listen, the devil will try to come back and put forms of retaliation in your mind. How many of you have ever had that? I've had that. I've had that recently. And you know what I begin to do right there? I say, uh-uh, uh-uh. I'm not picking that back up. Bless them, Father God. Bless them. Bless them. They curse me. Bless them. And that's the third area. That I actually step out and I begin to walk out. Luke, Luke uh, 6, 27 and 28. I begin to bless them and I pr- uh, invoke that blessing upon their life. Now, if this was easy... Everybody would be doing it. America would be a lot better place today than it was yesterday. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, the Lord Jesus, He gave two directions, two two roads. And He said, there's a narrow road that's difficult. But it leads to life. And his exact words are, but there are few who are on it. I believe the area of walking in forgiveness is one of the areas that few are on it. Because a lot of people, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. They hurt me. They wouldn't, Again, we're not denying they hurt us or wounded us. The thing is, Jesus said, forgive them. And so when you look at what the Lord Jesus says, Your freedom doesn't depend on their resolution. It depends on your resolution. What do I do with what Jesus told me to do? So again, I'm I'm not telling you something that I don't walk out on a daily basis. And Jesus would never tell us to forgive them if it wasn't important. This is one of those Sundays where you know coming in, there's probably not going to be a lot of amens. But only the truth sets us free. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.